0: All right, overtime here on The Fan. Scott Jackson with you until 9 tonight. And uh, as promised, we're going to learn a little bit about the Chargers tonight as we bring in from CBS Los Angeles, Chargers team reporter as well, and James Madison Duke and the one and only Chris Harry is with us here on overtime. What's happening, Chris? Yeah, long time, man. Go Dukes. How you doing, bud? Hey, good. How hey, you doing, buddy? Yeah, go Dukes now, and also, of course, back in the 980 days. You know, I can't. I used to not be allowed to say that on the air here, but now that everybody's married and lives in the same house, we can say these kind of things. But yes, you and I worked there together. Um, you were very young in the business, and uh, you know. And then I remember you left. Uh, you went to like graduate school, then you went to LA, and now look at you. You're on TV all the time, and you're covering the Chargers. Man,
1: you know what? That was like two plus decades ago. I think it was an intern on the John Thompson show and
0: yep. right at, at, at a Washington training camp. Those were the days, man. <laughs> yes, they were. Now, um, you guys have got an interesting team. And I was, I was wondering this out loud um, earlier on the air. The, the Chargers, where do they kind of rate right now in Los Angeles, which is a very busy sports market. And, you know, people always say the default will be, lakers and dodgers dodgers and lakers maybe depending on the season and then everybody else how do you see it out there right now
1: well that's what it is and, and that's what i think it, it's really always going to be because of just the, the deep roots that the lakers and dodgers have here in la yep. the thing about los angeles and southern california in general is that they love a winner and th- there's enough pie to go around and i, I think it's got SoFi Stadium. I've never seen anything like it. It's hard to even describe to the people listening. You just have to go and experience it. So the the fact that we have not one but two NFL teams here in Los Angeles, I think both teams are going to be very competitive and and compete for wild-card spots at least this year. Uh, So it's it's one of those things where uh, you look at the Chargers and you look at quarterback Justin Herbert and Joey Bosa and Darwin James coming back, a young coach, There's a lot of pieces in place to potentially make a run. I I think they're built over the next three to five years to try to go deep in in the postseason with that young quarterback on a rookie deal. So um, you're right, though. Lakers, Dodgers, it starts with them. But there's enough pie to go around, especially if you win.
0: Yeah, they love a winner, and you know, you know that's kind of that's kind of the way it is out. Well, it's really anywhere, but you know, definitely out there. Let me ask you this: um, what what is what is your impressions been of, of Brandon Staley? I mean, we got to know him a little bit last year when he was the you know the star defensive coordinator of the Rams, and then bam, all of a sudden he's a head coach. I mean, uh, he obviously did a very good job with the Rams, and, and to get that job, he didn't have to move very far. Obviously, just a few locker rooms. But uh, what 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 is his personality like, and what what can people expect when they watch the Chargers this year?
1: Yeah, I t- talk about a meteoric rise. They talk about James Madison just, you know, six, seven years ago. I think he was the defensive coordinator, James Madison. Wasn't even right, in yeah. the NFL five years ago? And to see what he was able to do uh, to even get the job with the Rams, they have the number one defense in the NFL. I know that he saw all four NFC East teams last year. Um, he's really like a Sean McVay 2.0, maybe the Sean McVay of defense. Very energetic, very smart. Um, he very buttoned up in his press conferences. Uh, he gives the media a lot. I think his opening presser Scott went like 96 minutes. So wow, you can tell he's got an answer for everything, and it's it's really interesting because you know normally, uh, especially a first year head coach, and I, I liken it to when Sean McVay took the job with the Rams and had a guy like Wade Phillips. There's not a guy necessarily like that on this staff. You can point to Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, who's been in the league a long time, and is going to bring over that New Orleans offense to L.A., but outside of that, it's, it's largely a very young coaching staff amidst of guys who have been in the league for a few years and, and some college guys uh, that have not coached in the NFL, uh, so he's bringing this kind of new approach, uh, it's very relationship-based with his players, he's trying to establish just you know those core relationships with not only his, his guys like Derwin James and Justin Herbert and Joey Bosa, but... Up and down the roster, so it's been it's been cool to see him kind of build this culture, um, and then obviously you know a new defensive scheme, and he's got the pieces to do it. I mean, uh, Derwin, Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, uh, a lot of exciting parts here, and excited to see it come together and we want
0: Chris Harry was with us, CBS Los Angeles Chargers, team reporter as well. Um, As you know, Chris, they, they have been, I feel like they're like the most snake bit team in the NFL, like for the last, I don't know what, four or five years. It's ridiculous. I mean, last year included, although it ended up working out. Okay. But I mean, your quarterback, you know, gets a shot and they puncture his lung right before kickoff. And then, you know, (laughs) that worked out. Okay. But, but still the, the, you know, in terms of overall wins and stuff, this team just, there's always like injuries and, you know, it's just always something going on. I mean, how, how do you, as a new coach, how does Staley kind of try to shake that image and kind of shake that uh, what was us persona?
1: Well, it's, it's a good question. And, and what he's done actually in training camp, um, 15 minutes before practice starts, he's got something that he calls an activation period. It's, it's, it's just kind of getting the body ready before you even stretch. And he's also being very cautious with the starters. I mean, we're not going to see Justin Herbert. In the, the first time we're going to see Justin Herbert is against Chase Young and Company in Washington. Same with Darwin James. Same yeah. with Joey Bosa. Same with a lot of pieces on this new-look offensive line. And, I, you know, I just go to week one, Scott, there's so many storylines. But the biggest one for me is the best defensive line in football against uh, a new-look offensive line with a lot of intriguing pieces. But this will be the first time that they start together. I'm talking about Corey Lindsley, the All-Pro Center, Matt Filer, Rashawn Slater, the number one draft pick, Ryan Balaga. So uh, that's just one of many storylines heading into week one, but you're right. I mean, I I think he's trying to just mitigate risk here in the preseason, not play these guys and just get them to week one.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've look, we've seen teams do that, and, it, and it's worked for some, and obviously others. You know, we, we we tried to see it happen here a few years, and it really looked like the team could have used some work. It, it's going to be fascinating to see. We're here with Chris Harry, the yeah. uh, CBS Los Angeles and uh, Chargers team reporter with us here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Scott Jackson here with you on 9 tonight. All right, so, so year two for Justin Herbert. Obviously, he was sensational as a rookie. I mean, everybody – uh, was blown away at how quickly it, it just clicked for him. You know, he's another guy who dealt with a lot of injuries last year around him, you know, losing some of his top uh, weapons. This year, as you say, trying to get everybody healthy going into the year. What, what is this uh, What is this group going to look like? And, you know, what can people expect uh, to, to see from Justin Herbert in year two?
1: Well, I, I think the the silver lining to having a lot of new guys last year was – like, I go back to training camp last year, Scott. He was throwing to guys like Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton and Donald Parham, some of these names that nobody heard of. Those were the third and second-string guys in training camp last year. So um, he built a rapport with those guys. And then, you know, we, we actually know about Keenan Allen, one of the best route runners in football, and, and Mike Williams. Austin Eckler was hurt for a stretch last year. Um, Jerry Cook comes over from New Orleans. So, Justin, he has a lot of weapons that, as of this moment, are helping you ready to go. And then the, the back half of the roster are guys that he has built a rapport with. So it's going to be really interesting to see what he looks like in year two in a new offense. And so I, I think Brandon Staley is kind of stressed that hey, we're not we're not building an offense um, uh, around Justin. We're building it for Justin. So so it's going to look. It's going to have shades of New Orleans. It's going to have shades of San Francisco. Shane Day, the quarterback's coach, came from uh, Kyle Shanahan's system in in San Fran. But it's going to be what Justin Herbert does. I mean, we've seen it on the practice field. The 49ers were here for joint practices last week. So it was good to see them go up against uh, a, a different scheme, a different defense. But that's what the intriguing thing about September 12th is, is that You know, it's going to be the first time that we see this new look offense against a pretty good Washington defense.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, to think about the year he had for a guy who wasn't supposed to start Week One, right? Thirty-one touchdowns, ten picks. I mean, to, you know, to be as good as he was, and to obviously have you know uh, the ability to to move the team late and, and show some of those clutch genes as well. I mean, it was really a remarkable year. How has you know his life changes? Is his, you know is he kind of the same guy he was last year when he was behind the scenes? I mean, or is he maybe maybe uh, having to deal with like the, the life in the spotlight now in L.A.
1: Well, you know, it, it, life is certainly different. It, it's much different than uh, than Eugene, right, in Oregon. Yeah, right. I mean, Angeles, especially with the year he had and just how it all went down, um, he's he's become one of the young faces of the league. And he handles it great. I mean, he's, he's a great kid. He's highly intelligent. He says all the right things in the media. And he works really, really hard. Um, so I, I don't think anything's really changed in, in that regard. I, he, he's really just one of those, one of those kids who just works extremely hard, wants to get better, really hard on himself. Uh, I've heard the word perfectionist several times this off season when it comes to Justin Herbert. So I don't think much has changed. It, it's funny because people were talking about his leadership coming out of Oregon. And just because he doesn't really yell and, and right. scream and, and attention or, or maybe say things through the media, the guys love him. I mean, it, all you need to know is that he had a golf tournament up in Oregon, and a bunch of guys showed up, including Keenan Allen. Um, and they, they got like 12 holes in at like 5 a.m., and they played again. So
0: um,
1: <laughs> it, it's neat to see a young kid command that much respect so early in
0: his career. All right, I'm going to ask you this because you got to watch it up close yesterday. What did you think of Trey Lance uh, with, with the 49ers this past week and, and Jimmy Garoppolo? And do you really think they're going to stick with that plan and, and not – not let the rookie play right away.
1: You know what? It's it's just so interesting because I I think when you draft a guy like Trey Lance and you see the success that a guy like Justin Herbert had last year with no offseason, it's going to be really hard, I think, to keep him off the field. Um, You know, Jimmy threw an interception in the first quarter to the Chargers' second-round pick, Asante Samuel Jr. But then Trey Lance turned around and and, and threw an interception himself but then settled down and had some wild plays. So, yeah. I, what, with the Shanahan's, you know this better than anybody. You just never know what, yeah. <laughs> what they're going to do and, and how they're going to come across in, in terms of uh, telling people who the quarterback's going to be. We did not even know who they're going to select, yet alone what's going to happen week one. But I, I do think Trey Lance, you'll see him in that starting lineup sooner than later. It was pretty cool because Easton Stick, the Chargers' third-string quarterback, was the starter at SoFi yesterday. He and Trey Lance combined to go sixty-six and three at North Dakota State, so it was a big day for the Bison at SoFi Stadium.
0: All right, so I got to ask you about SoFi Stadium As you know, because you're from here. Uh, you know, there's still this long, dragging out, like search of. Who's gonna Who's gonna find some space for uh, for the Washington football team to to build that shiny new stadium? And uh, will it ever happen? You know, and obviously uh, people have some very strong feelings about where they want it. Uh, but <laughs> you guys have that, that, that mausoleum out there in Los Angeles, um, where there's obviously going to be a Super Bowl very soon. Um, what is that place like? And when you when you I mean, it, is it anything you can describe it? Li- I mean, is there anything that can compare to it that you've been to?
1: I, it, no, there's nothing that compares to it. I, the best description I can give, it's like when I walk in, Scott, it's like stepping into a game of Madden. It, it looks fake. <laughs> like everything around it, it just, it looks fake. And it, it, it's weird because, you know, last year, I was at all the home games at SoFi Stadium and it was, I went from point A to point B. I went from the parking lot to the press box uh, oh, yeah. and back. And it was, it was just weird because there was no energy in the stadium. You know, yeah. you had the speakers playing. Thing, but there was no fans, it felt like a glorified scrimmage, It felt like a practice and then just to to be in the stadium each of the last two weeks, it was a Ram's home game last week, but um yesterday against the forty ers just to have fans in that place, it just it breathes life into it and it's it's just such a treat like i I don't know when Washington is back out here for a game at so but you know it, it if you Having all that schedule, you got to come out and check it out. Obviously, the Super Bowl there this year. Um, it, it's just going to be one of those places that, you know, you just have to check off the bucket list, man. And it's not just going to be NFL games. You get the Olympics code up here in, you know, seven years and, um, mm-hmm. national championships and all sorts of stuff. So it's a, it's a must see place, that's for sure. When you fly in to LAX, it's right there, and it's got like a big projection screen on the roof. I mean, so many bells and whistles.
0: Yeah, uh, it looks it looks amazing uh, just from watching the, what we've seen on TV. So I hope to get there someday. Hey, Chris, man, always good catching up with you, and uh, look forward to seeing the real thing in a few weeks, man. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, man. Always a pleasure, Scott. All
0: right, take care. Chris Harry with uh, CBS Los Angeles Chargers team reporter as well. Good to give some time on the, the – Los Angeles, I really have to pause every time I say it. I still want to say San Diego, uh, but no, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. Still have the coolest uniforms in the NFL, by the way, the powder blue. Anyway, um, look, Justin Herbert, what a rookie year that guy had, and as he said they're after all the injuries again, there has been the most snakebit franchise when it comes to injuries over these last several seasons they're they're not even wasting their time with these preseason games it's interesting as he, as he points out with the offensive line this inexperience going up against a uh, a pretty good Washington defensive line in week 1 uh, that'll certainly be a matchup to uh, keep our eyes on they get good running backs Eckler and Jackson you know Kelly does some good things so they've they've definitely got some talent there and you know Keenan Allen Mike Williams wide receiver and then you throw in, you know, Jared Cook now in the mix at tight end. They've they've definitely got some playmakers. It's a powerful offense. And defensively, I mean, you know, so I was talking about the Washington offensive line earlier. You know, somebody's got to be ready to block Joey Bosa uh, here in Week One, and uh, the, the, the the tackle, the left tackle position, uh, has got to be better. That's for sure. You know, it's you forgot how good you had it when you had Trent Williams. Well, I didn't, but some of you just did. Some of you want to give away for nothing, and they ended up having to give away for next to nothing, and they really have not figured that out yet. So that's going to be interesting. They gotta, That's a that's a unit that needs to get coached up, as they say, here in these next several weeks. All right, 1067 we'll jump back on the lines, 800-636-1067. We'll uh, get to some uh, thoughts off of the uh, Chargers, and you heard him there talking about uh, Trey Lance, who we were discussing earlier with the caller about, hey... It's going to be hard to keep him off the field, Um, and they may not want to do it. This may not have been the plan, but they may actually have to do it uh, before it's all said and done. Jameis Winston, by the way, off to a fast start for the uh, Saints tonight, 4-for-4, 66 yards and a touchdown, trying to put an exclamation point on that gig as he goes deep to uh, Callaway for a 43-yard touchdown pass uh, on the first drive for New Orleans tonight. Uh, So we'll come back. We'll get your phone calls. It's overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back. Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. Thanks to uh, Chris Hayree from Chargers.com and CBS Los Angeles for joining us, talking a little Chargers preseason and interesting move again by a first-year coach, Brennan Staley, to basically put them all in bubble wrap with these preseason games. But again, you can't blame them. With all the injuries they've had, with so many crucial players in these last years and the fact that hey this quarterback had zero off season last year and was the, you know was the rookie of the year. I mean he was, he had no offseason and was the rookie of the year. Wasn't even supposed to start week 1 obviously the thing with Tyrod Taylor happens where they puncture the guy's lung before a game and he's got to go in there and play you know with not even getting reps that week it plays you know lights out. So I could kind of I kind of get it. I, I respect it. Now, it doesn't mean it's the only way to play the preseason. I'm glad this particular team in our town here, the Washington football team, is playing guys and not completely hiding everyone. They pick their spots and that's fine. They may do the same on, on Saturday and I would have no issue with it. But there are guys that do need, you know, to get it get a little bit of a rhythm to get ready to play the season. Um and you gotta understand your players and know who those guys are and identify them and know the ones that you've got a baby a little bit. You know. Maybe baby's not the right word, but you know. Take care of, so I, I like it. I mean, and then there's the other side of it. We were talking earlier about Pat Mahomes, the great Pat Mahomes, and Andy Reid. Andy Reid goes balls to the wall when the starters are out there. He didn't hide anything. Alex Smith threw a ton of passes back when he was with the Saints. this what used to drive me crazy um, when Gruden, you know, was so careful with him uh, when he was here. When he was the coach, the you know the one year he was was the you know the starter. They they didn't give the guy enough rhythm, and that's why the offense got off to a crappy slow start. And then you know the other night, Andy Reid, you know they got Mahomes out there. He's thrown the ball like 19 times in like two drives. I mean, he doesn't. He's not afraid. They ran like a quarterback option play too. I mean, you know if you're out there, you're out there. I mean, just I always feel like the teams that are like, you know, they're overly cautious sometimes and get themselves in trouble. And again, we'll see what works here for the Chargers. But I, I I appreciate. What um, you know? What Andy Reid does? If you're going to be in. You're going to play. And, and you know this team that's coming in here on Saturday, the Ravens. They've got this winning streak, and everybody's making fun of them for it. You know, like it's like they're doing, like they're playing starters. late. they're not playing starters. They're playing the back end of their roster. It's just the standard in Baltimore. Like with John Harbaugh, is like you're going to play hard. We play to win. Boom. That that's all. I mean, it's not nothing devious. <laughs> I mean, they may do a little game planning. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. That's that's their decision. But. You know, they're, you know, they just treat everything like it's the real thing, no matter who's in the field. It also speaks to how good their depth normally is and how they know how to draft and those kind of things. But also is the standard and the competition and what they expect. If you're out there, you better be going full out. And I kind of, I, I very much so respect that. And this would be a good test for, for Washington. They better be ready to play, whoever plays, you know, however they handle it. I I think the first-team offense will play and maybe get some extended time because they need some work. There's no question about it. They definitely need some work. All right, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. A very strange situation New England will get to uh, with uh, Cam Newton. It looked like he had grasped control of the quarterback starting spot after the way he played against the uh, Eagles last week and then now a very strange circumstance may uh have a chance for a steal from one mac jones we'll get to that straight ahead it is overtime here on 106.7 the fan hey welcome back to overtime it's uh scott jackson with you here on 106.7 the fan here with you till nine o'clock tonight 800-636-1067 800-636-1067 um you know, COVID in the NFL, we were talking about this earlier. We were talking about roster decisions. and Now you got to keep extra quarterbacks and have, you know, the practice squad. you got to, you know, they have the fatter practice squads now. The Cowboys have been having some problems. CeeDee Lamb, Carlos Watkins among the players have already gone on the uh, COVID list this week. Uh, you know, Dan Quinn um, also were sent home after the preseason game against the Texans. Uh, same deal. Um they had uh, Malik Hooker and one other player also thrown on there so i mean this is uh you know they're in a hotbed state in texas so you know in the back home now they left of course they were in california before that but this is uh you know it's no joke man it's not going away and you know there's there's high there is uh, you know there's a high price to pay now it's not it's not like last year where we're going to move the ravens and steelers game 6 days back so you know, potentially the starting quarterback can play, and you know, you know, try to make it convenient for everybody to have their, their best roster. I mean, now it's like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Um, you're going to forfeit games. You're going to lose money, and you know, there's high stakes. I mean, they're not screwing around. The Colleges are falling suit. The Big Ten just made an announcement about this the other day. Um, you know, all these conferences, the big conferences, are doing this, trying to obviously get people to get vaccinated. If that aren't, and also to, you know, just kind of put a little bit of internal pressure on folks to uh, do the right thing. Now, last year, uh, it was a lot harder, obviously, with what was going on because you didn't have the ability to get a vaccine. This year, you do. That doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. doesn't mean you can't have a breakthrough. We've seen this in baseball with teams that had actually high vaccination rates. Like the Yankees have breakthrough, like a bunch of them. Um, But obviously, it's less, you know. Less health impacts there. If that happens, we believe at this point, and you can get back quicker. And they're not gonna they're not gonna punish you if you have vaccinated players getting breakthrough positives. It's just non vaccinated players. That brings us to Cam Newton of the Patriots, who has got to stay away from the team uh, until Thursday now. So he's gonna miss the next five days. Um, and a misunderstanding about a COVID nineteen. Test that was conducted away from the facility the team announced. His absence comes after he traveled to a patriots proved medical appointment that required him to leave New England. According to a statement, he received daily COVID tests, which were all negative due to the misunderstanding about the tests conducted away from NFL facilities. As required by NFL, NFLPA protocols, he subjected to a five-day entry cadence process before returning to the facility. According to protocols, Tier 1 and Tier 2 players, including all players, are exempt from daily testing and allowed to travel if they receive the vaccine. So he's not vaccinated. He had COVID last year uh, as well, you may remember. He was out for a while with it. Um, apparently struggled with it too. Um, you know, Really didn't play very well either last year after that. So after he would really kind of – it seemed like held off with the way he played last week against um, the Eagles, held off Mac Jones – um, now he's opened the door wide open for Mac Jones. Uh, they're going to have two practices with the Giants uh, this weekend in Foxborough. This week, I should say, in Foxborough. It's to be a really good test. The Giants have really good defense. And now, you know, you, you're, way, you're starting quarterbacks away from the team. Now he can do the Zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff, but he obviously can't get on the field. Now maybe it ends up being a no, no big deal because Cam Newton's obviously a veteran, but it's not like he's lived in his Patriots offense forever You um, know. Been there a year and part of this, and this had the full off season with them. So uh, that's that's um makes it a little challenging. And again, it may open the door for Mac Jones, who looked you know, he looked pretty good so far in the preseason as well. I mean, he's he's had some good games, but at this point, <clears throat> not to the point where they were like, you know, he's got to play and, and start immediately. And you know, there's certainly. Like a lot of these places, these young quarterbacks, you know, there's always the excitement for them. And of course, this this guy, I mean, some of the stuff that was said about him before the draft's are ridiculous. I mean, those comparisons to Brady were were silly. I mean, you know, look, he's he had a nice college career. You know, needless to say, he, you know, Heisman uh, had a lot of great talent around him, a lot of first round picks around him over the years. Doesn't have the same kind of doesn't have the same kind of talent differential with the Patriots these days. So um, he could be good, you know, but to say, to be compared to Tom Brady, is that really smart? I don't know. I, I doesn't, doesn't feel, I don't feel really comfortable with that. <laughs> I don't really think that that's kind of, um, you know, the thing, excuse me, he's a finalist for the Heisman. He didn't win the Heisman. He won the Unitas award. That's what he won. He won the Unitas award. He won the O'Brien award. Um, and of course, was a two time national champion and a consensus all American good player. Don't get me wrong, but to then throw them in the Brady category, yeah, it's a little much, a little much for me. But this is what's going to happen. I mean, looks like uh, you know Washington, knock on wood, has gotten past their issues with you know the vaccination issues they had early in the season. You know, getting a little bit, you know, get a little bit better. More people are, are getting the, You know, the, the rate went higher. It doesn't look like they've had any you know, knock on wood issues lately, and. Now, I'm a little surprised like to see quarterbacks that don't go in, you know, they don't go all in. Well, I mean you Minnesota, you Kirk Cousins who's not doing it, um, you know, thinks he's immune to it and some of these others. I mean, I, I don't know. You wanna be you wanna give guys space. You wanna give people their space and say, Hey, you know, everybody, you know, it's gonna gotta figure it out for themselves, but I don't know if I could roll with my quarterback not being being vaccinated, quite frankly. Digital the quarterback. We need you. You got to be available. You got to get a damn shot, okay? It's really not that bad. But no. don't uh, know. Kind of important that we have you available. Could you please go do this for us? I don't know. It's interesting. Then you got to go through the testing every day. It gets annoying. But I don't know. Maybe you guys like to have swabs up their nose. I, I'm not sure. I didn't find it very appealing. The one time I had to get a test, it wasn't... Much fun, but, you know, I wanted to go on a trip, so I did it. Sucked it up for the greater good. That's the worst part. You have to do it some places, even if you have vaccinations. They still make you do it. But, you know, this this um, situation could end up... Yeah, could cost him. Could cost him his gig. We'll see. I don't know. I still think uh, they'll probably start the season with, with Cam and, and then eventually... Eventually, it will be Mac Jones' team. I mean, we've seen Cam had issues with his health the last several years, so could be a uh, you know could be one of those things. where Just bide the time, just a wee bit when it comes to these things. But you know how it will be in New England. The first time the guy you know has a bad game, throws an interception. I mean, you're going to have uh, everybody screaming for the kid. You know that's that's the way it works. It's the same thing that happened in San Francisco we were talking about earlier. It's already happened in Chicago. I mean, you know. It's just how it works. I mean, fans want the guy you invested highly, and in. they want to see the future now. Nobody wants to wait. You know, it's good for good for uh, you know Andy Reid for getting away with it, but the the days of that happening on a regular basis probably not so much. Probably probably not as likely. I mean, they're not trying to, to you know, they're, they're pretending there's still a a race in Jacksonville, I guess, with Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew, but. I mean, I don't think Shad Khan would probably be real excited about that. I mean, you want fans that come to the games? You play the rookie. You play the guy people want to see. <clears throat> that's, what you, that's what you're going to do. You play the guy has got a chance to get better and gives you some chance to have some growth. In a place like Jacksonville, in particular, where there's zero expectations. You, you know, in year one for Urban Meyer, it's kind of the honeymoon year. You, you, got, you should play the rookie and just take your lumps if you need to and try to get him better, get him the experience he's going to need. This um, quarterback quote competition I put in, in air quotes because one guy's a fullback playing quarterback and the other guy's an actual quarterback in New Orleans is interesting with Jameis Winston and uh, Taysom Hill. Just from the fact that they're trying to say it's still open. However, Winston's looked pretty good tonight, coming out pretty sharp. And I always was curious. Like he had the the one year where obviously he threw a million interceptions. And that was always the thing. Like don't turn the ball over. But he also made some great plays too. Like he keep you in the game, then he throw you out of the game. I mean he just but he's got a lot of tools. And with a guy like Sean Payton, who's had him for a year now, I, I think it's intriguing to see what they could do together if they, you know, they give him they give him time and they, they grow together and he doesn't get so fixated on getting Taysom Hill in for some you know in for some reps. It drives me crazy. Like they do this like Breeze, they move the ball down the field. And they're like, oh, I gotta get Taysom out there, you know, and throw in a red zone package or whatever. It was ridiculous. I think Winston just threw another dime for a touchdown to Callaway. Wow, that was beautiful. All let right, Let's go to uh, Chris in Maryland. Chris, uh, you're next up here on overtime. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Chris, you with us? Yes, yeah, so I'm with you. Can you hear me? Hello, oh, can you hear me?
0: Did we lose Chris?
2: Are you there? Can you hear me?
0: Hello? No, Chris? Yes, Chris. No. Sorry, Chris. I don't know what happened to you, buddy. No Chris Donald. I think we lost him. He gone. Either that or I can't hear him. One or the other. Go ahead again. I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. (laughs) Nope. Lost him. Sorry. I think we had him. I think actually it was on my end. My bad. I think my, uh, my headset just jacked out. Sorry about that. If you want to call back, Chris, feel free. 800-636-1067 if you want to jump on. All right. Um, yeah, that was a uh, touchdown pass, by the way, from when Jameis Winston on the third drive for the Saints tonight. So maybe he's putting to bed this uh, quote quarterback battle. I had some people um, kind of annoyed some, some fans here in town. They're annoyed that this uh, this thing has been put to bed early, even though Ron Rivera will not call. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the starter, but there, there's really, I mean, I think we all can understand that it does not appear there's any type of real openness about this thing. I mean, it's, it's definitely Fitsies, as uh, Rivera called it the other day, and, you know, Taylor Heineke's not really getting a, a severe, a serious chance to be the starter here, despite all this stuff about it being an open competition. And I think he's going to start the veteran, but it doesn't mean he can't play. But, yeah, I, I, I can understand why people are like, well, I thought it was a competition. And it's really not because they didn't like split starts between you know, the ones or anything like that. All right, 800-636-1067. I'll tell you what, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Chris, we got him back. I promise I'll actually hear you this time. I won't uh, have my headphones cut off. Uh, and we'll get to you straight ahead. It is overtime. Scott Jackson with you here till 9 on 106.7 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Overtime here on uh, 106.7 The Fan. Here until top of the hour, Scott Jackson with you. And, as promised, sorry about that earlier, Chris um, and Marilyn. Thanks for waiting. How you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you this time. It was, that was Mike Falls completely. How you doing? Hey, hey, I've been having
2: problems with my phone. I thought it was me, but that's okay. No, well, I'm good. Sorry. I hope i would not – I know this is probably a difficult question, but, um, like, the MLB desk is NBA – a uh, day, they, they don't necessarily have a mandatory vaccine thing coming like football. And I think and I was thinking about it while I, while I was calling you, and it's probably because they play so many games, they can reschedule them if there's an issue.
0: Well, they had, they, they look, none of them are, quote, mandatory, right? None of them are, quote, mandatory, um, you know, but they do have, but, yeah, they have protocols that are different, you know, for vaccinated versus non-vaccinated people. You know, that that's what they do. In baseball, they're kind of doing what the NFL did, and the NFL's kind of what baseball did. Like, the more people you have, the less rigorous testing you have to go through. I think the NBA did something similar as well. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's more time to fill in those games. But then, you know, of course, in the playoffs, you know, you know those things it becomes yeah a that's a different animal yeah that's yeah. a different
2: animal and are you still yeah. with me
0: yeah i got you good
2: and then the next one because at the beginning lord that's poor memory of course yeah. but i think it was the ivy league that said mm-hmm. we're not going to play college basketball this year yep. or, or and we're shutting down and i, I and that was kind of tying in now what are the colleges what are they going to be doing i guess in football for that matter and yeah, the, the, uh, we don't know, I guess, because things change day to day, right?
0: Yeah, right now everybody's on schedule. Everybody's in camp. Everybody's going, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, they've, like I said, the Big Ten has put out some rules, kind of similar to, you know, the other leagues, you know, as well. The ACC had done it, and um, others have said, "Hey, you know, here's here's what happens. You forfeit, you know, because of this, you you lose the game. We're not rescheduling you." So,
2: well, it's so nice to have something, especially the fans. I really appreciate it. I certainly have come to appreciate what we get, because it was certainly <laughs> bone dry there in the beginning. Thank, thank, thank you for taking my call, Mr. Jackson. All right.
0: All right, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Chris. You can call back anytime, but don't call me Mr. Jackson ever again, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we were in the desert there for a while. Look, I did I did four, I was supposed to do eight college basketball, eight or nine last year. I only got to do four. Five of them were, quote, postponed, which ended up being canceled, right? Um for VCU, for the TV games. And it, and it was weird, um, first of all, to get ready for games that never happened, number one. But number two, just like going to arenas with 200 people. And that's a place that sequel Center is normally sold out. I mean, it, it's you know loud. It's a great place to be. And then to be in there with nobody. And it was kind of like we were talking about earlier um, with our guests from Los Angeles. Chris Harry was saying how he, it was weird going to the SoFi Stadium games last year because there was no atmosphere. There was nothing to it. But you were just happy to get it, right? You're just happy to get it. That's kind of how I felt last year um, go into games. I was like, you know, this, it's not the same thing, but you know what, it's better than sitting at home and watching old games, you know, and not watching things. So I was happy to do it. I also had to do a game from a studio last year it was not any fun. Um, but they're going to continue to do that. I mean, I, I think, you know, you see it in baseball too, where these, these broadcast teams aren't traveling. I mean, there's a lot, there's a cost thing going on here. Um, not everything is completely back as, as we all know. Uh, in terms of uh, the finances and stuff, which is unfortunate, I'd yeah, like it to be, but it's it's not there yet. And this and the NFL is a huge business. The fact that they pulled off last year, you know, is with what they did, even with the goofy Ravens Steelers thing and some other postponements that get moved back. And, um, but they got them in. I mean, it's amazing they got them in. It really was, really, really was. And that was without vaccines. And the fact that, you know, this the team here had one. COVID case and it was a non-active player it was Ioannidis, who was on the IR at the time. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's good. I mean, that means people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And yeah, some of it's dumb luck. I mean, let's not, let's not BS ourselves. I mean, you go back to the NCAA tournament, VCU had a forfeit, uh, a game after a year of having no COVID issues on their own team. They had nothing on their own team. I uh, had other ga- like I said, they had games postponed, but it was because of the other schools and then they get to the end of the year and then bam you know they have an outbreak and they end up a forfeit and this is crazy so there's some luck involved too let's not fool ourselves but there's also obviously some things you can do to you know to, to cut down the chances of that happening and that's what these players and these teams have to do and you know again i just kind of blown away i mean your quarterback is like you got to do it, man. I mean, you know, I, I understand what you've been reading, what have you, what you used to think was correct. But, you know, enough people out here telling you you could save yourself and save people around you by doing it. Oh, yeah, by the way, not cost yourself money. There's that. So, anyway, I'll get on my soapbox. So, hopefully, uh, we we'll get it together. My man, Mark, uh, has checked in via the email. Old school, I like that. Uh, said... Um, He thinks that Micah Parsons is going to be the rookie of the year. Wow. I think Micah Parsons is really good. I've actually, he was one of the few interesting things off this Hard Knocks. I I watched one episode. I have not, I've taped it, but i got to go back. It's just been, like Hard Knocks, they've ruined Hard Knocks. They've sterilized it. Um, And it's kind of a shame. It's just not what it used to be. The one thing I do enjoy about watching Hard Knocks is I just, Mike McCarthy. Wow. Now I get it. Now I understand why Aaron Rodgers is ready to, to go crazy for a few years up there. No question. I, I can totally see it. It's like your tight ends coach became your head coach, right? <laughs> your gym teacher is your head coach. The, some of the cheesy motivational things they're doing, I mean, is he thinking that crap's working, really? I mean, thank God for him they got a good roster. Thank God for him. And they did in Green Bay over the years too. He was always propped up by, well, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And um, in this case, you know, a really good roster. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big... I like Michael Parsons coming out of school. I was actually somewhat... I, my blood pressure was, was like, ra- rising when I thought maybe I saw, like, a possibility of him sliding to um, Washington's pick. And obviously he didn't. That was disappointing. But, hey, you know, got a good pick there. No question about it. And Mark has been yeah. at med school this summer, says Dak is just fine. Okay. Well, Jerry Jones says so. It must be true. Um, Anyway... Yeah, that's, that's um, it's interesting. This seems to be great for the regular season opener, which is all that matters. But, you know, a lot of times when guys have lower extremities that are injured, the quarterbacks or whatever, you know, they overdo it with their upper body workouts, maybe threw too much, you know, while he was waiting, he was bored, wanted to throw, wanted to keep his arm sharp. Might have ever done it. It's a, it's a weird little injury. The back of the shoulder blade there, area. I was surprised when I read about it. I, I had not heard a ton about it before until Dak had it. But yeah, that's something they'll probably keep their eye on all year. I mean, it's you know, it's got to be, it's got to be nurtured. Got to be careful with it, for sure. Because I mean, as you know, being a Cowboys fan, Mark, they don't have a backup quarterback. Cooper Rush or Genucci. don't. They don't. They don't really have a great backup quarterback plan right now. All right, gotta thank some people before we get out of here. Ben Stidding from The Athletic DC. Appreciate him stopping on by and talking some Washington football cuts. Uh, Chris Avery from CBS Los Angeles and the Chargers reporter. Appreciate that as well. Um, Good to be with you tonight here on Overtime. Until we do it again, um, thanks to uh, Donald Hankerson for running the show back in the uh, 106.7 studios. Appreciate that. Uh, I'll be back with you after Washington football on Saturday evening with the mouth of the South, Fred Smoot. We'll be breaking it down for you, taking your calls on uh, the Washington football team radio network, Team 980 here in D.C. and wherever else you may hear it. Uh, Hope you'll join us by then. Preseason will be over. We'll be talking regular season football. Can't wait to do it. Scott Jackson saying so long. Always good to be here with you. Uh, Until next time, everybody enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll see you when we see you. Bye.